time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems and try to inform you about what's going on in the automotive industry. Well, we got a we got quite a show planned for today. I think um, the Boston Auto Show is in full swing. The Detroit Auto Show is in full swing. A little bit later, we're going to hear from Mike Cottle. He is a national automotive expert with I um, High Impact Television. And uh, we'll hear what he liked at the Detroit Auto Show. Then later, uh, Brian Moody, who is the executive editor at Auto Trader, and Steve Majoric, who's the marketing director for Chevrolet Cars and Crossovers, uh, about what they liked at the Detroit Auto Show. And then, of course, uh, the Boston Auto Show. Lots of great stuff going there. Pick up the Globe this morning. You will see um, Bill Griffith's uh, article about some of the uh, stuff that's there. And if you're a little bit further south, pick up the Providence Journal or read it online, and you'll see uh, what uh, Peter Ellsworth had to say about technology. And I think I was quoted in that story. We'll also be talking with Eric Peterson from Ford about the all-new uh, Ford Raptor, the high-performance truck. But right now with us on the phone is Wayne Miller. Wayne Miller is an author and also a columnist at the Providence Journal, and he wrote a book called Car Crazy, the Battle for Supremacy Between Ford and Olds and the Dawn of the Automobile Age. Wayne, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor Program. Good morning, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, tell us tell us about this book. Uh, you know, this is, um, is this your first automotive book? Uh, actually, it is not. I wrote a book uh, about 15 years ago. I followed the top NASCAR team on the NASCAR circuit, so I wrote a book called Men in Speed about NASCAR auto racing. Uh, and during that, I became very interested in the early days of, of automobile racing and came back to that, and also, you know, of course, the early days of the industry in general, came back to that with Car Crazy. Mm. So so I guess technically it's my second book. Your second your, your second book about car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in those early days, I drove a replica of that sort of legendary 1900s Ford race car. And I've driven a lot of different cars before. That was the scariest thing I've ever driven. Was that the uh, was that the 999? It, it most certainly was. Yeah, and that's, that is the automobile that opens the book. You know, Henry Ford was, uh, you know, he was a great inventor, entrepreneur, but he himself loved racing. And that car, the replica that you drove, the 999, opens the book. He wanted to set a world speed record. Uh, it was in the middle of the winter. He wanted to set that record before the auto show at Madison Square Garden so he could get publicity. So he raced this monster that you drove across mm. a frozen lake, and it was just totally He could have killed himself very easily, uh, but, he, but he didn't. He got the world record, almost 100 miles an hour. Yeah, it it really was. When you when you were thinking about putting this book together, who you know who was the audience you had in mind? Was it automotive enthusiasts? Was it historians? Was it a combination of both, or was it just people that want a good read? 
Well, you know, it, it was all of that. It was all of that. You know, the, the deeper I dug into it, I mean, I, I began actually what, what really piqued my interest. There was this crazy race in 1905 from New York City to Portland, Oregon, with two Oldsmobiles. Now, 1905, there were barely any roads anywhere, and there was certainly nothing west of the Mississippi. That began my interest. You know, this thing was was written about at the time, and it's like, how can how can these two cars that, you know, could barely even drive get all the way to Portland, which they did? But as I dug deeper and deeper into it, it was the whole industry that really captivated me. I, I thought, like a lot of people, that basically the industry began with Ford and Model T and whatnot. Uh, in fact, there were hundreds of car companies at that time. So I just began reading, found old periodicals, interviewed people, went out to Detroit, went to the Henry Ford museums and whatever, and found that whole world, you know, that time period as well as the industry to be totally fascinating. And that's really what the book is about. Yeah, it it, it is interesting that, that all time it didn't really take a lot to be a auto manufacturer. It took almost nothing. You know, a lot of the early guys were, you know, and they were, of course, mostly guys at that time. In fact, they were all guys. You know, they were carriage makers or, you know, I draw a parallel with, like, Steve Jobs and the, the computer industry in the 1970s and 80s. You know, if you had a garage and a little bit of a knack, a little talent for something, you might be able to build a motor. You might be able to marry it to a carriage that, you know, you had or you bought. So you're right. There, you know, there were sewing machine makers. There were blacksmiths who got into this. People who were, were skilled with, with, you know, steam engines, all kinds of people. You know, everybody jumped in. Mm, you know, it, literally hundreds of people. Yeah, it's really, it's really amazing, you know, you, th- you think about that time and, uh, and to think about how, how cars were being built. And in a lot of cases, you think about car companies today versus, you know, back in the early time of, of even, I guess, basic vehicle manufacturing. Most of those companies went bankrupt. Yes, nearly all of them went bankrupt. Uh, of all the companies I, that I came across or wrote about in this book, uh, General Motors is still around. That was founded in 1908 by Billy Durant, who had been running Buick. Uh, Ford is still around. Uh, we, the Dodge Brothers, you know, are here in, in terms of, of Chrysler. But that's pretty much it in this mm. country. You know, Mercedes overseas is still around. You know, the, the, another thing that I found absolutely fascinating, and I've just done an op-ed piece on electrics. You know, one of the big buzzes out of Detroit this week and out of the CES the week before is electric cars. There were many electric cars during this period, too, and they failed for all kinds of reasons. A lot of the reasons why the industry is still today trying to, to catch on. Battery power and recharging. Mm. Scarce. But there were like 50-plus electric car manufacturers, and they had a great advantage. Rather than you didn't have to hand-crank them. You turned a switch, boom, you went. I believe Mrs. Ford drove an electric car. Did he really? No, I didn't come across yeah, that. Yeah, I think his wife, actually, when she drove, actually drove an electric car because she couldn't hand-crank a Ford. Yeah, well, there were yeah. a lot of people who couldn't. I mean, that, that yeah. took a lot of brute strength yeah. to turn that thing, you know? And then yeah. if you could get a steam car, but that, A, they might blow up, which they did periodically. And, B, it took a long time for the steam to come up to pressure and build the heat. So if, if they had solved the battery problem back then and, and the recharging problem, we might all be driving electrics today. And in 20 years, we probably all will be driving yeah. electrics. Yeah, I, I always like to say that in the turn of the last century, you could go buy a car and it might run on gasoline, diesel, electricity, steam, wood chips, I don't know, manure or something. <laughs> and, but today, 
it's almost the same way. You can go out and check off a box. I was, you know, looking at one of the uh, new uh, Ford products, and it's like, okay, I can get it as an electric. I can get it as a hybrid. I can get it as a, a plug-in hybrid. I can get it as a gasoline car. The only thing that was missing was diesel, and that's probably next. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you have all kinds of options today. Yeah. You know, I, I love cars. I, I happen to drive a Toyota, uh, but I was a Ford person for a long time. Um, and probably will be again someday. Think mm. very highly of that company today. Still incredibly well run. I mean, it's, when you think of it, it's amazing. A company that was founded in 1904 is still around and a global leader. I mean, it's a pretty extraordinary success story for the Ford family and, and you know the extended family, the employees, and not just the uh, relatives of, or descendants of Henry. Yeah, I think they absolutely made the right decision to have the world's largest yard sale and not take the government bailout. <laughs> They absolutely did. They absolutely did. And, you know, they're investing heavily, of course, in the future in terms of electrics and, uh, and other types of power. So, uh, but General Motors has come back, too. They've, they've yep. risen from the ashes, you know, like the proverbial phoenix. So, yeah, I knew nothing about the origins of General Motors. I had never heard of this guy, Billy Durant, who mm. was, a, he was a born salesman. He was a genius with numbers. He wasn't really a manufacturer like Henry Ford. He didn't invent anything. Mm. But he put things together. He made financial deals, and he had a real vision for the future. And so he he took Buick, which he'd been running, and he bought Oldsmobile, which at that time was faltering because they they bet the farm on high end cars, unlike Henry, who bet on the you know the mm. affordable Model T. So Oldsmobile was in ruins, and Billy Durant combined those two companies, bought other companies, and thus was born General Motors. Again, still with us in you know full force and. Uh, pride today yeah you kind of and you kind of look at that example of how you know oldsmobile was faltering back then and you you know fast forward 110 years and you go hmm tesla's building high-end cars i wonder yeah. if you know i wonder if that's where the money is or is it will we look back in 100 years and go you know there was that car tesla and they did build a pretty <laughs> unique electric car and you know they someone made money, but w will it be a success or did they miss the market by going you know high end luxury? Although they are coming out with a more affordable one, but yeah, they yeah. are. I think it's running in the range of what thirty eight, forty thousand. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, unfortunately, with the price of get, you know, I just filled my car up this morning before the show, and I'm down here in Providence, and I paid a dollar ninety three. That was with no discounts or loyalty card. Dollar mm -hmm. ninety three a gallon. You know, that is a disincentive, unfortunately, for people to buy higher-priced electrics. You know, if you right. can buy, you know, if you can buy a gas-powered car for eighteen, twenty thousand, and get a really good car, which, of course, you can, why would you want to pay? You know, that's an unfortunate thing. And that, that's a problem that I, I think the government at some point has to intervene to help development. But I'm sort of digressing yeah. here. <laughs> we're, we're talking with Wayne Miller. He's the author of a new book called Car Crazy. Did you find out during the, um, you know, as you were kind of putting the book together that a lot of these car comp early car company presidents were tyrannical, crazy people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably the rule rather than the, rather than the, the exception. You know, it, one of the things I do in the book, too, is get into sort of the inside, the, sort of the business side of the story. And Oldsmobile was, was eventually run by one of these tyrannical people. Uh, he was not a car person. His father had invested heavily in Oldsmobile. 
And he, in what I call a palace coup, forced out the founder of Oldsmobile, who was Ransom Old, mm. who was, you know, the genius inventor, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant inventor, knew that gas would be the future. Uh, but he didn't want to build this high-priced car that uh, Fred Smith wanted to build. So Fred Smith booted him out because the family controlled the stock and then ran, ran Oldsmobile, which in 1904 was, was the best-selling automobile in America by far, you know, far ahead of Buick, far ahead of Ford and whatnot. And he ran that company in, in just three years into the ground. And because he bet, he bet on the high-end thing, you know, the high-end Tesla. Bad move. But he was, he was sort of an arrogant, um, he was not a likable guy. He was a tyrant, to use your word. Mm. And there were other people like that in the industry, and I, I talk about some of them. Yeah. Henry, Henry was more paternalistic. He was more of a fatherly figure. He didn't really fit that mold. Although I, I understand he would come to your house and see if you consumed alcohol. He did not like alcohol. Yeah. He didn't drink it. He did not like tobacco. But his his number one mechanic and and really creative guy, Spider Huff, who is one mm -hmm. of the one of the great characters in this book. Spider Huff, we, we, he would, Spider was crazy. He would disappear for weeks because he, I think he had, you know, all kinds of issues with money and, and probably with mental illness. And then he'd come back, but he chewed tobacco. And Henry Ford thought so highly of him because of his skills mm. that he installed a spittoon in the car that the two of them drove. But he was he was the exception. No alcohol. No tobacco. Henry did not like those kinds of things. Wasn't Spider the sort of the throttle man on the nine nine nine? He was. Yeah, he, he absolutely was. Uh, and there's a photograph of him with the. Uh, no, I'm sorry. There's a photograph of Barney Oldfield, who's another great yeah. name from that era, in the book. But yes, he was the throttle man. The book opens, as I said, with Henry Ford warming up this nine ninety nine beast. I mean, it had enormous power. Mm. It was just it was it was four cylinders, massive cylinders. By the way, I saw the original car out at the Henry Ford in Dearborn. It was a great, great thing to see. But he, he fired that thing up, and on a practice run, what he discovered was when he hit cracks in the ice, the car jumped into the air, and he couldn't control the throttle. It was just too, he needed all of his strength to control. It was a tiller, mm. the steering wheel. So Spider rode along on the floorboard with his hand on the throttle, and the two of them, that's how they set that world record. Yeah. Crazy scene. I mean, I can see the movie of that. Would that not be so cool? Four yeah. Miles across it, it, well, well, you know, you, you are a filmmaker. That could be your next step. Well, who knows? <laughs> uh, was, there, was there anything, as you were doing the research for the book, is there anything that you came away with totally scratching your head going, I don't believe it? Um, I don't believe it. Well, oh. I, I don't believe that, you know... There were there were so many companies that that to me was the most startling aspect mm. of this. How could there? I mean, there were literally hundreds of automobile companies. Uh, so that that was kind of a head scratcher. The other head scratcher, and this is one of the one of the narratives in the book, is how in May and June of 1905, two Oldsmobiles. These are curved dashed Olds. Mm -hmm. They had a, a, a single cylinder engine it generated about seven horsepower maximum speed 20 miles an hour how did these two cars go from manhattan to portland oregon mm. and it was it was crazy and they did it amazingly they did it and and my sentimental favorite part of the book 
is that trip. It was it was a race. It was a competition. One of them won. One one lost. But they both made it. You know, they went on stagecoach trails through the desert, railroad tracks. They had floods. They had all kinds of mishaps. Bridges broke when they even found bridges. Amazing, amazing trip. So, I guess that's probably the one that amazed me the most. Yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 really it's really a, a nice history, and you have a certain way of putting it all together. If people want to purchase their own copy of Car Crazy, where can they buy it? Uh, you can buy it in most bookstores on Amazon. We have a website, carcrazybook.com. That will give you a link to Barnes & Noble on Amazon, independent booksellers. I'm a, a big supporter there. So you can get it pretty much anywhere. And, uh, you know, the feedback I've gotten from critics and just regular people reading it is, you know, if you're a car nut, you, you really need to read this book. But even if you're not, you're going to like it because it's got fascinating people and, and stuff. So. Yeah, Hopefully, it, other readers will agree. It has, it has, it has uh, fa- certainly fascinating people, fascinating history, and uh, a little bit of espionage in there too. <laughs> Corporate espionage, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know that that is very much one of the. Maybe that's my next book, the story of corporate espionage. There you go. Uh, is really, you know, that's one of the one of the stories of American business. I did, and I'll just be very brief here. One of my early books was called Toy Wars about Hasbro and Mattel. I got two years inside Hasbro. But there was a lot of corporate espionage even in the toy industry. So the fact that we'd find it in the car industry, no surprise. Yeah, it really is. Hey, Wayne, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to give away away a copy of Car Crazy. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye. You too. That was Wayne Miller, author of Car Crazy. Um... Do we need to take a break first, or is that Eric Peterson? It is. Why don't we go right to Eric Peterson, then we'll take a break. How's that? Uh, With us on the phone now is Eric Peterson from Ford. He's the F-150 marketing manager, and... You know, not to let not to let the F one fifty get uh, get a little stale. A new Raptor in the works. Is that correct, Eric? <laughs> That's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> so tell us about this new Raptor. What's uh, you know the old Raptor was crazy enough, but it's not it's not like Ford to just say, oh, we'll just come up with a new paint color. <laughs> and, yeah, that's just part of the news. I mean, we're excited. We've got a, a new Raptor that we're bringing out, and uh, we showed it at the uh, International Auto Show this week. And it's, it really builds off the success we've had with the aluminum F-150. So the shedding of, of all that uh, weight from, from the truck, we've done that for the Raptor, taking about 500 pounds of weight out of the Raptor to make it you know, a, a much lighter truck. But we hadn't stopped there. We we redesigned the exterior. We put in a, a bigger, more impressive, not bigger, but a uh, more horsepower torque, three point five liter EcoBoost engine in it. So a lighter truck with more horsepower, more truck or more horsepower, more torque than the last Raptor. It's uh, it's an incredible off road machine. Well, I mean, you you almost you know you said you said V six for a minute. My heart skipped a beat, and I was like, oh no, a four cylinder Raptor. That wouldn't be right. So. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm telling you, so if, if you think last time we had 411 horsepower, yep. 434 foot-pounds of torque, and this one is going to have more of both. So lighter truck, more horsepower torque, incredible. Uh, you know, that's that's the winning combination, is it more horsepower, lighter weight, right? That's exactly yep. right. I mean, that's it's been, a, it's been a big success in the, in, in the F-150 because you can tow more home more, but when you're off-road, I mean, that ability to come in and out of, uh, of sand or whatever or anything you want to do with snow, it just handles so much better. It's more responsive. 
give it more suspension travel. I mean, the combination is is, is going to be quite a winner. I mean, I was I was just gonna I was gonna mention because the old Raptor was you know it seemed like one step away from you know a, a trophy off road truck, and yeah. uh, and so the new one's even going to have a little bit more uh, more of that ability. Yeah, it, it will, and so that was really what made the separator after from everything else, not just the F-150 lineup, but anything in the marketplace was that it was really purpose-built for off-road racing. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody that has one is hitting the sand every weekend and racing in it, but that was what made it so authentic and real. It wasn't just the, um, the, the, the horsepower torque and, and the engine, but it was also the suspension travel and the shocks. And so we did all of that purposely to make it such a capable off-road vehicle because it was a, it was a niche that, that really wasn't present fully in the truck marketplace. So when we brought Raptor, we found a great niche. People loved it. And so when we rebuilt this truck for the, for the 2015 model year and beyond, we thought uh, we're going to have to make the Raptor even better, and, and, and it really is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, you guys really were the first ones to come out with something, I, I think you were, at least the first ones to come out with something special like the King Ranch Edition. And since then, many vehicle, you know, many truck manufacturers come out with similar style, uh, but I haven't seen anybody really come out with a Raptor yet. Well, no, and, and there's people that, there's things that, that look may look like it or kind of feel like it, but they really aren't. And that's why it, it, there's so much anticipation, not just you know, from our, our enthusiasts and from, and from media and from, and from uh, you know, racers. They're like, they just want the, the Raptor to come back because it is one of a kind. And um, it, it, it's really what's put it in a unique place in the marketplace. And when you, and when you drive one, it's, it's just remarkable. And you don't have to be, like I said, you know, bombing in and out of sand to, to be able to appreciate what a, what a great truck it is. You can just drive it. They even look at it, too. The, the, the whole design of the truck is so unique on the exterior, so it's a little bit wider. Um, it looks unlike any F-150. It really looks like, as you said, something that is like a desert uh, race racetrack. Yeah. Now, you said you don't have to do that, but you can if you want to, right? Correct. <laughs> it's not mandatory that you go off race to the snow, but or race to the sand. For example, if you want to go through the snow, it handles pretty fantastically there as well. Yeah, it, it it really it really sounds like an interesting truck, and and I know you're you're the F one fifty guy, but you you brought up the EcoBoost engine, and yeah. somebody somebody said to me the other day, I'm I'm looking at the new Ford Explorer, I need to tow a five thousand pound boat. What do you think? Can it do it with the EcoBoost V six? And I said, I think it can do it. You know, with four flat tires in the EcoBoost V six, so. <laughs> it absolutely can. The EcoBoost is such a great engine; it's been such a big success for us. Uh, across the board. So, for, like on an F-150, for example, be it a 2.7 or a 3.5, they sound small on displacement, but when you get the horsepower and torque and you get that performance out of it, it doesn't matter because it's such a more powerful, the turbocharging of the engine makes it such a better performer that, um, you know, you, you're going to love the performance and then you're going to like better fuel economy as well. Yeah, and we and, and you're absolutely right. You, you know, we've been talking about EcoBoost with you folks from Ford for years, and the, the magic of EcoBoost is the person that drives the F-150 or the Explorer, whatever the case is, 90, you know, 90% of the time, unless they're a contractor, the truck's empty. And right. that's when you gain the gas mileage. And then when you do tow the heavy trailer or your, right. you know, the horse trailer or a boat or camping trailer, or whatever, then you know your gas mileage goes down a little bit, but you have the power to do it. So most of the time you're going to benefit from the premium fuel economy, and the, the other time you have the horsepower when you want it. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. You're 100% right, and which is, makes it even more interesting for Raptor. We're going to get all this better performance, and then because we're moving from a big you know, 6.2 V8 engine in the prior Raptor, 
to this 3.5 EcoBoost if you bought it for fuel economy or if that interested you, you're going to get a significant improvement in fuel economy mm. as well. And who, who really would complain about better fuel economy? I don't, I don't think anybody. Do you think anyone's <laughs> going to go, what, no V8? And they're going to, you know, do you think they're, do you think you're going to, I, I guess the, I guess the question is, really when somebody wants this truck, they need to road test it, right? Because yeah, exactly. they may look at it and go, what, I want the big V8. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think there are people that will ask that question. And say, Boy, I love that V8. That's what I had in my performance car. It's what I want in my performance truck. But I, I think once you get behind the wheel and you realize how much better this performs, <laughs> how much quicker it is off the line, mm. um, you you'll be rewarded in performance and won't think twice about uh, whether it's a V8 or a V6. So, any guess when we'll see a production model? Yeah, no, you'll start to see these later this year. So oh, okay. We can see it on the horizon. For me, it can't come soon enough because I've got so many people asking me about it. Um, but it'll be worth the wait. Uh, later this year, we'll see them in showrooms and uh, and on the street. Is the Raptor made in um, the Dearborn plant? It, yeah, it will be. So, yep. Yeah, right, right here in uh, in Dearborn, Michigan. That's that. That is that. I, I haven't been to many car plants, but the Dearborn plant is a pretty cool plant. It's fantastic. Yeah. Have you been since we they, we converted over to the aluminum? Uh, yes, I was there no. this past summer. So yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that is it's it's remarkable the transformation. It just it's so quiet and uh, anyway, it's it's a great plan, yeah. making great great pickup trucks. Yeah, it really is. Hey, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning to join us up here in Boston. Hey, happy happy to do so. Good luck, Patriots. Uh, thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. So uh, good luck, Patriots, from Eric Peterson. Marita's wearing her Brady Patriots shirt. Looks brand new. Did you get that for Christmas? Had to turn my mic on there for a second. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I've had it for probably about a year, really? but I only whip it out for certain occasions. Certain special occasions, I mean, I yeah. don't wear it every time. It's got to be pulled out for the playoffs. It's so this is got to. So this is when this is when they need all the all the spiritual mojo they can get, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. I have my hat. I got everything yeah. going. Yeah, I, go. I, I did. I did. I did see the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a break? Uh, and then maybe we'll come back. We'll talk about the car that got me here today, which was the. Uh, uh, Range Rover Sport Diesel. That's right, a diesel. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Every day I'd watch their beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry because I always wanted me one that was long and black. I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. WROL Boston. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, WROL, the spirit of Boston, goes with you. That's because we are no longer trapped inside a radio. We are now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. On iTunes, on iHeart, on your own app, on our website, on ChristianRadio.com, on your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 9.50 a.m. WROL, the spirit of Boston. 
Now at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service through January 31st, get up to a $70 mail-in rebate when you buy any four BF Goodrich tires in stock. We have quality BF Goodrich tires for whatever you drive, like the BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2 or the Advantage TA. All at great prices and all in stock at Sullivan Tire. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your car running right all winter. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC-certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Don't miss your chance to drive home on a new set of quality BF Goodrich tires and save up to $70 by mail-in rebate, now through January 31st. Sullivan Tire, your BF Goodrich headquarters. This is a dealer-funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit a Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Hello, I'm Kevin Chrism. And I'm Spencer Smith. And we're the hosts of Sunrise Sports, aired every Saturday from 7 to 7.30 a.m. on WRL 950 a.m. We are both sophomores at Boston College High School and Catholic Memorial High School. We're South Shore guys with a love of all things sports. If there's a ball, puck, stick, or glove involved, we're talking about it on Sunrise Sports. We're both proud to say that Sunrise Sports has been on the air for about a year now. And what makes our sports program so unique is that it's from our teenage perspective. But don't let our age fool you. We can go to bat with any seasoned sports guru and are known to have them on as guests. If you are interested in sponsoring our program, please reach out to us at kb.chrism18 at students.bchigh.edu. I'll repeat that. kb.chrism18 at students.bchigh.edu or spencer13smith, exactly how it sounds, at gmail.com. Repeating that, spencer13smith at gmail.com, 13 as a number. We'd love to have your business on Sunrise Sports. Listening to the Car Doctor. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. We were we were discussing the latest in social media, periscoping. The world needs another social media outlet. That's all I know. But it's periscope is a sort of interesting because it is a um, it's a, it's essentially your own TV station. So you're able to uh, you're able to video do live video and people can watch it in real time and I don't know. It's just one of those things that somebody came up with. By the way, think, speaking of things that people came up with, uh, on s- Sunday night at 9 o'clock, if you want to listen to a past program, uh, go over to our other station, 1260 AM, The Buzz, WBIX, and you can hear uh, the Car Doctor program in a slightly abbreviated 60-minute version that Marita has artfully edited down to 60 minutes. Yes. Uh, let's say hi to Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. I am on my way to the car show thanks to you. Oh, good. Okay. I just want to thank you because my sheep husband would not take me if, <laughs> if we didn't get the free tickets. 
Well, I think he would have taken you if you just, you know, <laughs> I think he would have. But, you know, uh, yeah, you know, the only problem is somebody's got to pay for parking. Yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly right. And yeah. I saw you on Chronicle the other night. Oh, see, I see, I, I missed it. I was I was I was out that night, but I missed it. But uh, did I do OK? Yes, you look very handsome. Very oh, handsome. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to thank you in person, kind of. Well, I, I appreciate that, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, and I will say J.C. Monaghan is a very nice person. Yes, I and, agree. And she drives a 2001 Toyota Avalon. Oh. I almost started to feel bad for her. I do. Yeah. I drive a Honda, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, but she, the, I, she, she said to me, the car I drive now is older than the car I drove in college. Wow. Yeah, so 2001, so... But uh, but anyway, she's very very nice. She's a, she's she seems a very charming person. I've never met her before. But uh, enjoy the auto show. Uh, it's it's a it's a good time. There's a lot of cars, and there's also even today they'll probably do it. There's these sort of ride and drives outside where you can get in the car mm-hmm. and and drive around and you know see what's going on there too. Thank you again. Okay, take care. You too. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. Seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to our buddy John from Bay State. John, how are you? Not bad, and yourself, sir. Well, not bad is a good answer. I think that's uh, I think that's as good as we can get some days, right? Stay on the right side of the green. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I wanted to thank you very much for the ticket to the auto show, which I went to yesterday. I had a very abbreviated stay for other reasons. But uh, I was kind of impressed, more so than uh, previously. Yeah, it seems like they've they've filled it up. Although it's funny, though, there's some there's some oddities. There's um, there was no Jaguar there because apparently the Jaguar dealers are all fighting with each other. <laughs> well, I found it was pretty good. They have a very nice new rug, which makes it easier to, easier to walk on. If you can judge that as anything, and. Toyota, as usual, had a big, as much as I could see, a bigger display than usual, and they had the most knowledge of all the rest of them put together. They, they, you know, they, the Toyota representatives that are there, I guess, are they? They put them in school for a year, I guess. Um, you know, they're they're incredible what they know about the cars. Also, they travel with the yep. with the troop there, yep. it's like a like a circus, and uh, they, like you said. They know everything, and if you have any questions, they mail anything to you the next day. Yeah, no, they're 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 really good, and I do like the I do like the look. I I like the I used to like the convenience of the old Bayside Expo Center, but I like the look of the new uh, the new convention center. It's bright and clean looking, and you're right. Uh, after spending, I went there on. Thursday, they had a little preview, and I spent from about ten o'clock in the morning till about four in the afternoon. And walking around on cushy carpet was okay. You could you could easily spend four or five hours there. I found the earlier you go, the more congenial people are. You know, they're not all beaten into the ground. That's uh, that's true. By yeah. Eight, nine yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Diane, who was just on the phone before you, I think uh, as she's headed in there, she'll have she'll have a good time. And that whole. Um, that whole seaport area is uh, really, really developing. There's even talk that, uh, you know, the big news this week was GE is moving out of Fairfield, Connecticut, up to Boston. There's even talk they may move over to the seaport. Well, it's certainly changed. It uh, used to be awful down there, yep. but uh, it's a new city. Yeah. You don't own any property down there that's for sale, do you? Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> I missed out. Did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. I, 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 my, my reputation is buy high, sell low. 
Well, on, pretty, got, yeah. on pretty much everything. So you've got that spacious castle down the Cape. You don't need more property. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I just wanted to thank you All right. once again. And, All right. Uh, All right. Take care. Thank you, sir. All right. Talk bye. soon. Bye bye. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. And uh, if you would like to join us, talk about your car, your car problems. We'll we'll be doing trivia in a little bit. I just got to come up with a trivia question. And we have our Rick question of the week that's coming up. But right now, I want to talk about the uh, car that got me here today, and this is the. 2016 Range Rover Sport, and if you said, I think he drove one of those once, I did, but uh, this one's a little bit different. Uh, there was a time when an SUV was basically a truck with some comfortable appointments. Over the years, that's changed with many SUVs as luxury as luxurious as any car. As that happens, some of these luxury SUVs have lost their ability to handle the rigors of off-road driving or battling winter weather. This is not the case with the subject of our road test, the Land Rover, Range Rover Sport. It comes in several models, SE, HSE, top-of-the-line autobiography, and the model we tested uh, was unique because it was powered by a V6 diesel engine. The new engine is a 3-liter. It develops 245 horsepower and a very impressive 443 foot-pounds of torque. Power is sent to all four wheels to an 8-speed automatic transmission that can vary engine performance in a variety of modes based on driving conditions. The Range Rover Sport is a big vehicle without feeling huge. On the road, the Range Rover drives a little smaller than its overall size. The ride is quite comfortable. The steering is smooth and has a bit more feel than some other vehicles I've driven lately. The suspension system is also quite interesting with normal height setting, a raised height setting to allow for more aggressive uh, off-road driving, as well as a lowered setting to get, so it's easy to get in and out of. And it also has slightly less aerodynamic drag on the highway. Uh, there's a setting for snow, loose gravel. So basically, it can turn you into an experienced off-road driver by just turning a knob, which is nice. The engine feels very powerful, pulls like a freight train. The brakes are equally impressive, easily able to stop this heavy vehicle in short order, and also easy to modulate when driving off-road. There's also a hill descent control that allows the vehicle's computer to keep the Range Rover stable when driving down a steep incline. Fuel economy is rated by the EPA at 22 miles per city and 29 miles per gallon uh, on the highway. During my time with the Range Rover so far, I've averaged about 28 miles per gallon overall, as indicated on the electronic display. The interior of the Range Rover is very luxurious with beautiful trim, leather everywhere. The controls have a substantial feel and are generally well-placed. Although I still have a problem with a few things. The window switch up on the window sill seems a bit odd. And um, the fold-down armrests are nice but awkward if you're in and out of the car all the time because fastening the seatbelt becomes a chore. As with all Land Rovers, I found the combination navigation sound system display a little slow, a little clumsy, although most of the operation can be controlled by voice, not my voice. Uh, the front seats are both comfortable and supportive and have enough adjustments to fit just about any size driver. The seats are both heated and cooled. And the steering also has a heater function, nice on these days where it's been 10 degrees. The rear seats can easily accommodate two, two adults in comfort. And an occasional third occupant is a huge sunroof that allows in plenty of light and fresh air. The rear cargo area is typical of a vehicle the size with about 28 cubic feet of storage behind the rear seat. That expands to 62 cubic feet with the rear seat folded. The bottom line is if you're looking for a luxury vehicle that just happens to be one of the most capable SUVs, the Range Rover Sport is a great choice, and having a diesel engine just makes it more interesting. MSRP, 
$71,450. Priced with options, $86,060. And one nice touch about this car, it actually has a full-size spare, something you don't see in many vehicles these days. So, the Range Rover Sport. Rick called in and said, pluses and minuses of all-season tires, snow tires at this time of year. Well, the plus and minus of all-season tires is, they're just that. they fairly capable year-round. A uh, couple inches of snow, two, three, four inches of snow, and all-season tires are going to be fine. If we have a winter like last winter, which we could, I suppose, uh, all-season tires become less beneficial. They become more of a... Um, one size fits all, doesn't always fit everything you need it to do, so that can always be a bit of a problem. What, Where a snow tire is better, a snow tire will give you much better traction in the winter, or win, typically called a winter tire now, will give you better traction in the wintertime in snowy conditions, in icy conditions, with a little bit of compromise in dry roads. And where studded snow tires, which were popular once, would give you great traction in the ice, they start to lose traction on dry roads. So unless you live on a frozen lake bed, you probably don't need studded snow tires. But if you're going to be out in the winter, you need to be out before the snow plows. A good set of four winter tires on a car is the best way to go. Short of that, for most of us, a good set of all-season tires will do just fine. If you have a car that was that's a sports car, a set of summer tires is the worst thing you're going to need. I remember driving an Audi last year in the wintertime. It had summer tires on it. We got about an eighth of an inch of snow. I The car was almost unsafe to drive. It would slip and slide everywhere I ended up bringing it back home. And the car company actually didn't realize they sent it here with uh, summer tires on it. And they switched it over and put all-season tires on it. I was talking with the representative from Mazda. And they have a Miata in the press fleet. But they... They're putting on a set of four Blizzaks because they want people to actually drive the car in the winter and see what it feels like. So you think of an ideal winter vehicle as a Miata? Probably not. But is it something you can drive in the winter? You probably can. So a little bit about that. Marita is periscoping like crazy over here. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's what, that's what it's supposed to be all about. You know, you're supposed to have fun. Um, do, why don't we take another break, and then maybe when we come back, we'll talk, we'll uh, see what Mike Cadell is up to. We'll be right back. On the other side of the street I knew, stood a girl that looked like you. I guess that's deja vu, but I thought this can't be true, because you moved to West L.A. or New York or Santa Fe or wherever to get away from me.
WROL Boston. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we offer the largest variety of quality road-gripping tires at the best prices around. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire Headquarters. And now through January 31st, you'll save big on all Michelin tires. Buy four Michelin tires and receive a $70 mail-in rebate. Michelin tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. So it's the perfect time to save big on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, safe when new, safe when worn, and the Michelin Premier LTX. And remember, our ASC certified technicians will keep your car running right all season long. Stop in today for our thorough factory scheduled maintenance check. Right now, don't miss your chance to drive home on a new set of quality Michelin tires and save $70 by mail-in rebate. Hurry, offer ends January 31st. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it, we provide it. This is a dealer-funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit the Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Shark Tank Judge Barbara Corcoran for On Deck Business Loans. I swim with the sharks every week on TV, so I know many small businesses need capital to grow. That's why I'm excited to tell you about On Deck Small Business Loans. They offer business lines of credit up to $100,000 and term loans up to $500,000 in as little as one business day which means you get the capital you need when you need it to help your business grow. OnDeck is 100% focused on small business, and it's easy to tell. The online application is very simple, and they have dedicated funding advisors who are available to consult with you on your financing needs. OnDeck has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and has delivered more than $3 billion to thousands of businesses nationwide. Best of all, 93% of their customers would recommend OnDeck to a friend. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Give OnDeck a call today. Take Barbara Corcoran's advice and apply now at OnDeckLending.com or call 800-326-3043. 800-326-3043. Loan subject to lender approval must be open one year and have $100,000 in annual revenue. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program. Remember, the car doctor program is partially sponsored by Honda Cars of Boston. They are... uh, been around for they've been around for quite a while. They're actually at 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, and uh, they they started off kind of an interesting place. They started off in the repair business before they uh, went any further. And the Honda guys, as they like to call themselves, Gene, Paul, and Rob, um, they, they they have some good buys on Hondas up there. So if you're interested in buying a Honda, take a look at Honda Cars of Boston, 100 Broadway. That's Route 99 in Everett. Give them a call at 617-381. Four four six nine. Tell them the car doctor sent you. Made Marita laugh. Well, I had a chance to talk to a couple people about Detroit. I didn't go to Detroit this year to the Detroit Auto Show, but uh, one of them was Mike Cottle. He is a national automotive expert for high impact television. And Mike, what brought down the house in Detroit? Yeah, so, you know, a couple different vehicles, I think, really to point out. Um, I was surprised on uh, Sunday night, Buick uh, had a private little function at 7 o'clock, and they launched the all-new Buick Avista. It's a two-door coupe. It is stunning, John. I'm telling you right now, um, you know, between Buick and Lincoln, they're both in this incredible rebirth phase, and that Avista uh, is just a stunning vehicle. I can tell you a little bit more about it, a whole bunch of incredible creature technology and comforts with that vehicle um you know all the way around just awesome but if you really want to go down the list and just 
what's going on here at the show. Uh, the production model of the Ford GT uh, made its arrival here at the show. Ford Fusion, the 2017 Ford Fusion yesterday, uh, was also launched here at the show. Four different trim levels, Sport, Energy. They've got the hybrid, and, of course, they've got a Platinum Edition. Uh, why is that important? Technology inside that vehicle, Paramount, pothole detection. The Platinum is full of just luxury features all the way around, start-stop technology. Uh, so, so much, you know, just really happening here yeah. in and around the show. And did they did they roll out a production version of the Continental? Production version of the Continental absolutely goes live today. Uh, the Continental getting ready to, to be showcased. I went over and looked at it this morning before getting on with you. And uh, let me tell you, I mean, Lincoln's rebirth continues. It's arriving later this fall. Three-liter twin-turbocharged V6 under the hood. 400 horsepower, 400 foot-pounds of torque. Um, what I like is some of the technology inside as well. Pre-collision, you know, with the pedestrian detection, everyone's going in that direction. Um, the rear seat in this new Continental, really you're giving that passage to that first-class airline travel feel. Heated and cooling, reclining seats, sunshade, and, of course, you can't have a Continental with a uh, without a massage feature in the back for, for those folks sitting in the back. So it's sort of the Maybach of Lincoln products. I looked at it, and I think it's. I think they're doing everything right with that vehicle to come to market. My sources tell me that uh, that vehicle will come in just under fifty thousand dollars. Wow! You could you could buy ten. You could uh, you could buy ten of those for the price of a Maybach. You you, you can you can. And John, let me go back to that Buick Avista uh, that I was talking about a minute ago. You know, they're over over at Buick. They're calling it the soul of Buick. Um, it is an all new high performance coupe for them. And it does have 400 horsepower, twin turbocharged uh, under the V6. One of the trends you're seeing with all the automakers here is they're all moving away from these big V8 and move, moving into the twin uh, turbocharged V6 engines. And a great example of that is the new GT uh, that's being launched uh, here from the production version. You know, of course, last year they had the uh, they, they had the concept vehicle, and this year they're launching the all new production version of that GT. You know, it's going to be a 600 horsepower twin turbo. But it's a V6, and that's, you know, really what the automakers are doing is they're moving in that direction with these these uh, smaller size motors, but with that twin-turbo technology. And some are adding hybrid technology to that, too, right? Great, great question. You know, Chrysler yesterday, they announced their all-new 2017 Pacifica and their Pacifica Hybrid. Now, the Pacifica nameplate actually replaces the town and country uh, that's been on the market for more than 27 years. But you're right, that big news is that the Pacifica will be the industry's first electrified minivan with a total 80 miles per gallon equivalent, 30 miles on electric, total range of 530. So did they make minivans cool? Best part about it, this is, as I was saying yesterday, the minivan's not dead, uh, still very popular, and this one is sporty. Uh, in fact, that Pacifica will get 287 horsepower under the hood, which gives it the, the class-leading horsepower uh, for minivan buyers. Yeah, it sounds exciting. And I read something quickly about Lexus really stepped up something with the new coupe. Lexus, uh, you know, kind of shocked, you know, between the Buick yesterday, uh, Lexus comes in with this new product and, you know, really, really shows the consumer market that they're still a formidable player in that sports car category. Their booth, uh, by the way, is, is really focused on performance. Um, John, I wanted to share with you one other vehicle as well that uh, really caught my attention yesterday, and with gas prices still, you know, in many states under two bucks, Kia is answering that with the all-new 2018 Kia Telluride concept. It was a world debut yesterday, 
It's a three-row, seven-passenger, large SUV. Kia, kind of known as the challenger in the auto industry. You know, they like to go after some of these other automakers. Coming to market with a big SUV and uh, really cool coach doors on it, 400 horsepower uh, under the hood, and that's combined with a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle platform. So um, big news from the Kia team as well, uh, you know, bringing that vehicle to market. Before we let you go, one car, it sounds like it might be the Buick, but one car that totally blew you away yesterday uh, when, you were, when you were walking around the show, what was it? Yes, it was a Buick Vista. There's no question about it. Hands down, Buick uh, announced this vehicle uh, right before the show started. We all came in first thing yesterday morning, went over to their booth to take a look at it, and it's stunning. They did a great job at engineering that vehicle. So, uh, you know, they keep saying in the commercials, that's a Buick? And this is really gonna this is really gonna play that through, right? They're gonna play that through. This is not your grandfather's Buick, and I think one of the formidable challengers, um, not only to Buick but really to that Continental we talked about earlier, was the 2017 Genesis. I'm not sure if you've seen pictures of that G90 yet. They launched that here at the show, and the, the Genesis is Hyundai's upscale brand. They're dropping the Hyundai nameplate for their premium brand and launched the G90 here at the auto show. Uh, you know that'll have the same twin turbo type technology along with a big 5-liter uh, V8. Well, it sounds like there's some exciting things. I know you have a busy morning ahead of you. I want to thank you for taking a little time out and joining us up here in Boston. Thanks, John. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, so, you know... And if you're going, if you're going into uh, Boston today for the auto show, you will see the new Lincoln Continental there. And the Pacifica was there yesterday, and from what I understand, they maybe took it from Detroit to bring it to Boston for the show. I hope they left it. But uh, the new Pacifica is there, and it is, uh, it is a pretty good-looking vehicle. It's a, it's a uh, very early pre-production car, which they will have locked up. You won't be able to go inside that. But uh, take a look at the Lincoln Continental while you're there, too. The Lincoln Continental, great-looking car, interesting style. But look closely at the grill. The grill is actually a... Um, a, uh, the, 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 the look of the grill is actually the shape of the Lincoln Insignia. So it's a, it's a pretty fascinating, pretty fascinating car the way they did it. So certainly worth looking at. Well, we're going to do trivia. And we have two trivia, we have two possible trivia prizes. And one of them is uh, Wayne Miller's book, Lightly Read by Me. So I, didn't, I will be honest, I didn't read the whole book. Not because I didn't want to, it's just I didn't get to. So, but it's lightly read by me, but it is also autographed, by the way. And it says in the autographed part, somewhere, I think it says enjoy the ride. Yeah, enjoy the ride by Wayne Miller. So it's, uh, it's autographed. And uh, we will give that away or... The 2017, this could be collectible, you never know. The 2017 Chrysler Pacifica Press Kit, which is also a, a board game, like a traveling board game. So you can play a little game and learn all about the new car at the same time. But the two are separate. One's a board game, one's a press kit. So trivia is a prize that you can either read or play with or sell on eBay, either one. You can sell both on eBay, I suppose. So either way. So, and the, and the question is, what was the vehicle made in 
fairly recent years, so I'll say the last 20 years, that came with its own standard equipment, flip-out picnic table. So what was the vehicle that came with its own, as standard equipment, picnic table? So if you know the answer to that, and you probably, you may even have one of these cars, because these cars were very, very popular and still being made today. It's not like they don't make them anymore. So what was the car that came with its own picnic table? So really brought tailgating to a new to a new direction because you could take out your picnic table, sit on the edge of your, uh, uh, sit on the edge of the car, bring, I guess, bring chairs. It didn't come with chairs. It only came with a table. So what was the car that came with its own table? And you have a choice of a prize, the uh, Wayne Miller's Car Crazy Book or the 2017 Chrysler Pacifica Press Kit, which is not just a press kit. It is also a game. So, and I would, I would hazard a guess that it might even be collectible at some point. So if you hold on to it for 100 years, it could be collectible. I have a... There's not often I keep press kits. I usually give them away to people. But I have one that's for the um, the uh, new Acura sports car that's going to come out. And I got it last year. And I saw the press kit was actually on eBay for, I think it may have been over $700. Now, I'm not saying the Chrysler Pacifica press kit's going to be $700. But I was talking to somebody the other day who... Um, who was at, uh, we were talking at the Boston Auto Show, and they said, oh, they were going through some old stuff, and they found their original Volkswagen press kit that actually came with the uh, the bud vase made into it. So just like the uh, Volkswagen was going to have was a bud vase that came off, came on the dash, it also had the same thing. So a little bit later, we're going to be talking with Brian Moody, the executive editor of Auto Trader, and Steve Majoric, marketing director for Chevrolet Cars, and asking him the same questions. What did they see? What did they like? And this is kind of an interesting concept that uh, Chevrolet partnered up with Auto Trader and sort of, uh, you know, at the same time to do their interviews. thought that was a little bit interesting. Speaking of Chevrolet, the Chevrolet Bolt. Not the Volt, but the Bolt, B-O-L-T, an EV designed for ride-sharing, it says. Chevrolet Bolt electric vehicle will feature connectivity galore in its area interior and belies the modest size, which is slightly smaller than the Chevy Trax subcompact. Uh, several features in the production version unveiled last week at the Consumer Electronics Show were designed to allow for easier car sharing. Last week, GM announced the alliance with the uh, networked uh, taxi service Lyft that includes the creation of a fleet of shared GM vehicles available for Lyft drivers to rent. The Bolt EV is capable of using the latest mobile app technology to enable car sharing, advanced GPS routing, General Motors CEO Mary Barra said. GM showed a concept one year ago with the Bolt. I remember seeing it. And it really, people didn't seem all that terribly excited by it when they saw it, but they didn't really know a lot about it then. Um, the Bolt comes with a low-energy Bluetooth system that can detect um, approaching driver's smartphone, unlocking the doors, setting the infotainment systems. The battery pack is flat, mounted beneath the floor, freeing up some interior space. GM designed an interior to maximize the ease of entry and exit via a low floor, and they're claiming a 200-plus-mile 200, 200 range, so really good range. Why don't we go and talk to Charlie? Hi, Charlie. Charlie. Hi. Hi. I got a question there. I got a 2004 Mercury Grand Prix marquee there. Yep. And uh, 
with the electric windows there. I had no problem, but driver's side there, a couple of weeks ago, I put the window up. Now it won't go down. Hmm. All these, the other three windows work fine. Oh, well, that's, well, that's a good sign, is the other three windows work fine, because that's telling me there's not a break in the wire in the door, yeah. but, it might be the, but it might be the motor is shot. Oh. Yeah, so the only way to be able to test that is they're going to have to take the door panel off and, you know, take a look, take a look in, you know, inside there and see what's going on with the, with the door motor and see if there's power going to the door. Um, more than like what happens is the door motors will build up with a little bit of rust. And, you know, sometimes I've even seen sometimes where you just um, slam the door a couple times and all of a sudden it'll work again because it's enough to shake a little bit of rust free inside the, uh, inside, inside the door and th that causes the windows to work again. So, oh. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying go. go yeah, I, I did that. I slammed the door. And <laughs> nothing happened? Nothing happened. Yeah. Does it, when you push the switch button, when you try to open and close it, do you have a feeling that the motor's trying to work at all? No. I no, so the nothing, lights don't. It was fine, you know, I had no problem yep. at all. And, uh, yeah, I yep. put the window up, and yep. the next day I went out, and I wanted to put it down a couple inches, and nothing. Yeah, the other possibility, of course, is the window switch is bad, and that's uh, that's the, the master controller switch in there. So that's going to be, you know, it's... You know that that could be it, I suppose. But I'm I'm Which, thinking it's probably a bad a bad uh, window motor, and um, you know probably takes an hour or so to dig it, get the door apart, get to the motor, and you know if you had to buy a brand new motor, it's probably a hundred bucks. Um, but you know the first thing to do would be to test the switch and make sure the switch tests out the way it should. And, yeah, the switches. Uh, can you buy them individually? Uh, no, you got to buy, that's the one with the four buttons all made on one switch. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, but you can, that might be a good excuse to go visit your local junkyard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, and yeah. get, you know, find one that, that there's, uh, because where the other windows are working, that's telling me there's power to the switch, there's power to the relay. Yeah. So that's all working okay. So it really doesn't, it leaves only really two pieces left it's either the window motor or the window switch yeah and like i said i'm willing to bet it's probably probably the motor um and um but other than that there's not there's not a lot there's yeah. not a lot you can do there's um there's a whole little whole little series of tests you can do to to test it and see what it is but this like i said the switch the switch comes out with that little panel and there's about three big wiring harnesses on the bottom of it. And if you wanted to, you know, replace that switch, I bet that I bet that switch is the price of the price of the window motor. I bet the switch is a hundred bucks too. So well, if if I thought it was a switch, yeah, I would probably uh, I would probably I would probably even consider getting one from a junkyard. Okay. Okay. Thanks, John. All right. Take care, Charlie. Bye bye. 617-770-3030-617-770-3030 is our number and how you get through. Our trivia question we have out there, what was the car that came with a coffee table? Well, not a coffee table, a picnic table. We'll call it a picnic table. What was the, and we'll give you a little hint, what was the small SUV that came with a picnic table? If you know the answer, uh, Marita will get you on hold. And uh, like I said, we have two different prizes. One is the 
Car Crazy book. I only have one of each. And the other one is the 2017 Chrysler Pacifica press kit and board game. Comes in a little zippered pouch. It's a pretty impressive looking little kit. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get that to you. Either one of those. The, I guess, first person that wins will win, I guess, how it works. So give us a call at 617-770-3030. Chevrolet Cruze is coming out with a hatchback. Uh, Cruise will unveil a Cruise hatchback. Uh, it will... Uh, about the same overall style of the current cruise, but with the hatch, I think that's going to certainly make the vehicle much more appealing to people. One of the interesting stories that came out of the the press uh, preview in Boston, they were talking about the um, the Chrysler Pacifica van, and uh, I was I think I was talking with somebody standing next to me, and one of the uh, Big words were, they were talking about radios and this and that. And the Pacifica van is going to have a built-in vacuum cleaner, like the Honda Odyssey. But the Pacifica is going to have the most powerful vacuum cleaner in its class. Which just sounds plain silly to me somehow. But Okay, lines are full for trivia. And remember, you can uh, join us on uh, Sunday nights, not live though, but on Sunday night at 9 o'clock on our other station on WBIX, The Buzz, on 1260 AM at 9 o'clock. And I'm embarrassed to say we've been on for three weeks now, and I keep forgetting to turn or turn it on and listen to myself. I want to see how Marita edited me. Okay, let's go to in order here. I guess let's try on line two. See what Jim has to say. Jim. Yes, good morning. Good morning. You have a guess of trivia, do you? I do. I'm thinking it's a Honda CRV. You are thinking absolutely correct. Probably 10 years ago. About 10 years ago, yeah. Uh, and, and it was, uh, I don't know how I don't know how well it went over, but I remember talking to somebody who had one, and I said, oh, that's pretty good. It's got a built-in little picnic table or card table in the back. And they said, it does? <laughs> and I said, yeah, how long have you had it? And they said, about a year. I said, you never noticed that? They said, no, I never had any reason to change the spare tire or anything. So, but, but yeah, you are, you are correct. Would you like the Car Crazy book or the 2017 uh, Chrysler Pacifica press kit and board game? I'd like the Car Crazy book. All right. Well, we'll put you on hold, and Marita will get down your address. And, uh, uh, Marita, why don't you put them on hold, and let's... let's John, could I ask a question? Oh, sure, Absolutely. I have an 07 Tahoe, yep. and they have paint uh, painted of body stripes along the side. Mm-hmm. You know, they're thick rubber moldings, <laughs> and they're starting to peel off, and I wonder if you had a good idea of how to put them back on. If they're, if they're, if there's, if they're actually moldings, you need to get molding tape. It's a special double sticky tape. Double sticky yeah, tape. Yeah, and it's uh, the one that I'm most familiar with is 3M makes it. It okay. is... Um, it's pretty expensive because you you have to buy a whole roll, uh, but you would get it at a paint supply store, like an automotive paint supply store, and mm-hmm. that's what they use typically to hold on most body side moldings. Okay. And uh, I have tried some. Um, I actually tried some of the uh, the this um, the urethane that they use to hold windshields in. Uh, one of our vehicles at work is a is a Ford van and. 
it was wrapped. It was wrapped in a full body color wrap, and we peeled the wrap off of it, and some of the moldings came loose. And I used this really aggressive urethane uh, that they used to hold windshields in because we had it, so that's why I used it. And it worked okay, but even the even the guy I borrowed the urethane from said, "And hey, I don't know how." permanent this is going to be it's really meant to be held on at least all the moldings i've ever seen it's meant to be held on with um this double sticky tape okay i appreciate it okay Thank all you. right so stay right there marita will get your uh information and marita let's go over to line three and let's see if let's see if roy wants to be a consolation prize winner roy did you know the answer uh, I was thinking of a Volkswagen. Well, you would have been wrong, but since you're there, how how would you like to how would you like to win a 2017 Chrysler Pacifica press kit board game and future collectible? Oh. You never know; you could become a millionaire with this thing. <laughs> and then off this, split it with you. All right, all right. We'll put you on hold. Uh, Marita will get your address too. We'll we'll mail up both of these. Okay. Thank you. See, look at that. You you even when you're wrong, you're right on the Car Doctor program. Yeah, all right. Thank you. All right. Marita's got work to do, so that means I have work to do. Well, it says here that um, there is an interesting car that is uh, that was shown in, in uh, at the Consumer Electronics called the Faraday. And it is a thousand horsepower race car concept that Faraday Future unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show. And it may have uh, swept away some of the mystery surrounding this Chinese backed electric car startup, but it's still unclear who's in the driver's seat or what's coming next. The company's CEO, CFO, and chief technology officer were no shows at the company's executive table. At least publicity, at least, uh, you know, the Faraday corporate organization chart goes on. Uh, as high as Nick Sampson, former director of engineering at Tesla, who's now at Faraday. So it's kind of an interesting thing. No one knows what it's going to be. It's something different. The vehicles will be built at a sprawling $1 billion factory outside of Las Vegas. Uh, the Faraday plans to start building this spring. And once they're built, as with Tesla, they'll be sold outside the traditional franchise dealers. So they're going to do the same as Tesla. They're going to sell direct to customers without a dealer network. We'll see how well that goes. Uh, according to the story I'm reading here, it says the 1,000-horsepower electric concept isn't just for show. The company's looking to get a little attention. One of the largest tech expos in the world, the 1,000-horsepower four-motor single-seat electric supercar isn't a bad place to start. Faraday's future, it's called the FFZER01 concept, easily stole the show last week at the, at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's a race car or any kind of high-performance supercar. So expressive, it really takes design and engineering, cranks up the volume. I don't know, just the whole idea. It's an all-wheel-drive, 1,000-horsepower car that's going to go from 0 to 60 in like two and a half seconds. Do you need something like that? No, but it really does get the attention of investors and so forth. So, have to wait and see. Well, Volkswagen is showing its uh, innovative side at the Consumer Electronics Show, too. Um, you know, their their diesel scandal is still obviously with them. In fact, one of the fixes was rejected recently. But Volkswagen isn't stopping. The vision uh, they're working towards now shows more electrification. To dramatize the point, 
they showed something called the BUD, B-U-D-D-E, concept, a van-like electric people mover that can run an estimated 233 miles on a charge based on the EPA's testing cycle and be recharged to 80% in about 15 minutes. I would say that's with the high-voltage charger. The concept underscores Volkswagen's pivot towards electrification, a move that has taken on added significance as the automaker fights to gain its credibility as an engineering powerhouse and admitting that it cheated on emissions testing. The buddy concept was said to be inspired by the Volkswagen microbus uh, a little bit, a little bit. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't quite the, the hippie bus that we, uh, we thought. So, did we, did we lose Jim? I think so. He was cutting out. Oh, so uh, okay. Jim, call, call, call back. We lost you. So, Jim, call back. How can we get you your prize? Call back at 617-770-3030. Why don't we take another break? And when we come back, I think we're going to talk to some Chevy folks. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. W-R-O-L Boston. National Catholic Schools Week is the annual celebration of Catholic education in the United States and runs January 31st through February 6, 2016. This year's theme is Catholic Schools, Communities of Faith, Knowledge, and Service. Schools focus on the value Catholic education provides to young people and its contributions to Christianity, our communities, and our nation. Research shows that children who attend Catholic schools are more likely to go to college, to vote, and to do service work as adults. Catholic schools do make a difference for society and our church. A Catholic education raises up the next generation of saints and scholars. We currently have half-price tuition certificates to the following Catholic schools. Quincy Catholic Academy, St. Jerome School in Weymouth, Our Lady of Lourdes School in Taunton, South Boston Catholic Academy, St. John School, North End Boston, Nazareth Academy, Wakefield, St. Clement School in Medford, and many more Christian schools. Don't delay. Call Pat Ryan today at 617-691-2521. That's 617-691-2521. Your smile is your calling card, and skilled dental practitioners like Dr. Jenny Chong at Marina Bay Dental can enhance that beautiful smile with veneers, creating the sparkling look of healthy teeth while providing strength and resilience like natural tooth enamel. Visit our discount shopping sites at wezeradio.com or wrolradio.com and learn how you can receive this dental artistry valued at $3,000 for half price. And you can learn more about Dr. Chong's practice, marinabaydental.com. New York Times best-selling author Eric Metaxas has come to the spirit of Boston. Kind of get serious. We need leaders with courage. Absolutely fascinating. God is going to judge us. We have to share those stories with each other. You know this is right. Dennis Prager calls him one of the most interesting and insightful thinkers in the United States. He's intelligent and good-looking. 
Oh, yeah, he's that, too. The Eric Metaxas Show. I got you. Weekday afternoons at 2 on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Wow. <laughs> now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. If you would like to join us, you can do that at any time at 617-770-3030. And, uh, yeah, I guess it was on Chronicle the other night, on Thursday night. Missed it. I missed it. I missed it. But anyway, so, um, well, I had a chance to talk with Brian Moody. Brian Moody is the executive editor of Auto Trader, and Steve Majoric, he's the marketing director for Chevrolet Cars, and... My question to them was, what is some, some of the new technology you're seeing at the largest auto show in the country? You know, there's a lot of cool technology at the show. Um, new and some, you know, just being uh, new to the public. For example, there's like a Subaru iSight system. That's kind of cool. It's a uh, well, collision mitigation system or a forward collision warning. There's also lots of green technology like the Chrysler Pacifica. It's a minivan, but it's also has a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid version. Same with the Volkswagen Tiguan, a plug-in hybrid version. They kind of want you to forget about uh, the diesel thing. They want you to have other kinds of green cars. So green is still kind of a thing here in Detroit, and there's lots of cars that sort of fit that mold. Yeah, you know, and from a technology standpoint, uh, you know, there's, there's things that consumers are looking for, whether it's safety technology, performance technology, and infotainment technology. And, and a big thing that customers are looking for is to make sure that they can enable their digital lives. I mean, we're all so tethered yeah. to our smartphones and tablets and what have you, but with technologies that, that Chevrolet is bringing to market across the lineup, like Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and 4G LTE Wireless, it allows people to bring that digital life into their car in a safe and easily connectable manner. So uh, there's a lot of things happening at the show. It's an exciting time. Apple CarPlay is a cool one. I think people, once they get a, a look at how that works, they're going to want only that. That's my guess. Is there anything from Apple that isn't cool? Come on. <laughs> You know, it, this is the thing is that people are always concerned that technology is going to cost more money or that it's going to be in the way. Apple CarPlay, I, I'm telling you, it, it has the potential to lower the cost of cars and, and even lessen distractions because it's just done so well. And in every car that I use it in the Malibu, for example, and it's just so easy. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, you talked about the EyeSight system, for instance. We're seeing yeah. all kinds of levels of vehicle autonomy today, aren't we? Yeah, and you know what's interesting about the Subaru EyeSight system is not that it has, as many cars have, uh, forward collision warning or forward collision mitigation, but it's the price point. And I think that's the important thing is that we're here at the Detroit show, as you can speak to this as well as anyone, is that we're seeing cars that are let's just say high-tech, for lack of a better word, but they're not super expensive. No, I mean, it, you know, at Chevrolet, our philosophy is the democratization of technology. You know, mm -hmm. before it used to be uh, things like adaptive cruise control, forward collision alert, lane departure, warning, lane assist, all features that are available sure. on our new Malibu, new Cruise, new Volt, etc. used to be in the thousands and thousands of dollars. And now a lot of these are 
$1,000 option packages on, on, inexpensive most, on our most popular models. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's not restricted to the top trim level. It's in our LT models where, yeah. you know, that's where the volume transacts. That's where most people buy, and that's where we want to make sure we have the safe technology. Yeah, available. that's a good point. And, well, speaking of Chevrolet, uh, and it was introduced last year, but uh, I guess some more news about it uh, this year, the Chevrolet Bolt and potentially a 200-mile range? Well, I would say more than potential. Uh, it will be. Uh, you are correct. A year ago at this very auto show, the North American International Auto Show, we debuted the concept version of the Chevrolet Bolt. And over the course of the last, actually, week and a half, we have now revealed the production variant. First at CES a week ago where our Chairman Mary Barra provided the keynote speech there and, and debuted uh, the production variant in here in Detroit. So it's been a little bit of a two-step uh, reveal for the product when it comes to both the infotainment and technology features as well as the actual specifications behind the battery and the, the point that you mentioned, the range. Chevrolet has, what we like to say, cracked the code on an equation that no other manufacturer has been able to do, which is provide a pure electric vehicle with designed to go over 200 miles at a price point of under 30000 after federal tax credits. And that's what we really find from consumers in the electric spaces. If you can get that equation right, if you give me the range that I'm looking for, and if you can get it to me at a, at a price point that meets my needs, then I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it really makes sense. If you can avoid going to the gas station, even though gas is uh, getting a little cheaper these days, but if you can fill up uh, at home, for instance, with a home charging station and be able to drive like most people do in a regular internal combustion car, sounds like the Bolt is a true winner. I think it's going to change the way people view cars and the way they view electric cars. And I'm saying this as I'm not a Chevy employee. I didn't work on the car. I'm just viewing it as, you know, sort of an outsider as a journalist. I think that the car, if it delivers on what it promises, is really going to change the way people think about electric cars and may even make their lives easier in many ways. Yeah, it, it really it really is, and the idea of, uh, you're right, making it easier, lower emissions, uh, quiet performance, phenomenal performance, actually, with any electric car I've ever driven. So pretty good. What, you know, from... Uh you know some of the other things you've seen there. I, I've I've heard the uh, the new uh, Chrysler Pacifica, a hybrid electric minivan, was pretty cool. What were some of the other cool things you saw yesterday at the show? The Chrysler is a good one. It's a minivan that doesn't look so big and dorky like a minivan, um, and it has that plug-in hybrid EV. But also the Buick Avista is a concept that just looks amazing. I mean, it, it supposedly has a 400 horsepower twin turbo engine. It's a concept that that's all kind of just make believe, but it looks really amazing, and if they build a car that looks anything like that, I think they'll have a lot of takers. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to see a new GMC Acadia. We're going to see a Volkswagen Tiguan. That's kind of a tough-looking little SUV. So there's lots of cool stuff here in Detroit. Well, I, I hate to be a Volkswagen basher because I own one, but uh, what's sort of the, the buzz around the show about the whole TDI thing? You know, there's, there's not a lot, and I think this is why we see a Tiguan with a plug-in hybrid variant is that they're trying to sort of get people thinking about, hey, we're still green, but we don't need to rely on diesel. And at this point, there's really no solution to that problem. So the buzz is that there really isn't a lot of conversation about that. Yeah, makes makes sense. And, um, you know, concept cars, you know, the Buick is certainly, you know, everybody I talk to with the show says Buick, Buick, Buick with the, with the new concept car. What were some of the other concepts that really, uh, you know, from either side, either as a, as a uh, uh, from Chevrolet or just as an automotive journalist that really blew you away? Well, Ford showed a new uh, crew cab version of the Raptor. That's pretty cool. Uh, Ford also showed this thing called Ford Pass, which is kind of like a, 
uh, like a connectivity mobile solution for lots of different areas of your life when it comes to car purchasing and car ownership. I'm not sure that's the right thing for everyone, but it's still, it's at least it's a revolutionary idea. It's cool that they're trying new things. And I think it, that's the neat thing about the show is that you see lots of new and interesting ideas, whether they end up in the long haul or not, like the Volkswagen's good idea. I don't know if that's going to make it to the U.S. that way or not, but it sure is cool to look at. Yeah, and from a Chevrolet standpoint, you know, the story for us last year was really, you know, a little bit of concept, a little bit of reveal of what's the promise of what's to come. And the story for Chevrolet in the 2016 auto show circuit is the fact that we have gone from reveal to reality. So for in many instances, people are going to be seeing these great new Chevrolets which are arriving at showrooms right now that they might not have seen. You know, if you, you think about it, the average age of a vehicle on the road today is somewhere between 8, 9, 10 years old. So when people are yeah. you know, thinking about the car they're in today and the car that they can now purchase today at a Chevrolet showroom, it is dramatically different, dramatically new technology, restyling. So uh, the Chevrolet story is really about the fact that uh, we're bringing these, partners, these vehicles to market and they're available right now. Is there any one new technology that really surprised you guys was there anything that kind of you know you looked at it and you said either why didn't i think of that or wow that's you know the future is here chevy the chevy guys not saying wow why don't they they're thinking we already did think of it uh, but the, the one thing that i think people once they get a hold of the, the idea of, of how it works and once they see it used in everyday life i think everyone's going to want this and that's this idea of a 360 degree camera a camera that lets you see or a series of cameras that lets you see not just what's behind you, but all the way around the car. My wife and I just shopped for a car, and once she saw that feature, she said, I only want to look at cars that have this feature where I can see all the way around the car. So once people get a look at that, they're going to want it. And I think what, what we're seeing from people is um, it may be less about a technology that's surprising or different. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what it is is people are going to see how, number one, how simple and easy they are to use. They're just very intuitive. We mentioned Apple CarPlay. And you, you use the old expression, plug and play, but it literally is that yeah, simple. That's true. Uh, but even a lot of these safety features, they don't require a lot of explanation. They're just intuitive. You know, lane keep assist, lane departure, they yeah. just flat out work. And, and technology I think, should really make your life simpler. If it doesn't make your life simpler, it's frankly not worth having. Well, there's, there's words to live by. <laughs> hey, before we before we let you go, it, it's been uh, great having you here. I know the show is in full swing. Uh, part two of press day is today, so I know you guys got a lot of things to do. And I want to thank you for set, taking some time out of your morning and and joining us up here in Boston. Yeah, thank you. All right, okay. Care. And that was uh, that was Brian Moody, the executive editor of Auto Trader, Steve Majoric, marketing director for Chevrolet Cars and Crossovers, and this is Sal. Hello, Sal. Sal. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, about that uh, trivia question there, I, I I still have the car with the picnic table. In the you back. do. You do. Do you use it? Have uh, you ever used it? Never did. Took it out, set it up one time, looked at it, put it back, and that was it. I don't have the car anymore. I gave it to my, my daughter and her, her, uh, her husband. But they still have it. They still have it, yeah. Yeah, wow. Unbelievable. It, it needed to have, have fold-up seats. What's that? It needed to have chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be real tiny. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because someone uh, last week stole the the tire in the back. They unbolted it. And really? It right, yeah. Right, yeah. What a shame. Yeah. No, I can't trust anybody. No, but what I'm calling you about, I called you a couple of weeks about the TPMS. Oh, yeah. Tire pressure monitor, yep. You know, and if, if is there a way to eliminate those things and, and would the light go back on? 
Well, there's no way to eliminate it. There, there. Each one of those, each one of those wheels has a little tiny transmitter in it, and right. each transmitter sends out a radio frequency to an antenna that's probably in the side view mirror, and that picks up the frequency, and that turns the light on and off inside the car. Right. Yeah. So that that goes on once in a while. I gotta get it fixed. Yeah. You know, and it might just be there's a tire that's just, and some of them read the owner's manual. Some of them you can actually reset it. So what happens is you go out there with a tire gauge when the tires are nice and cool, air up the tires, and I would. This time of year, I would cheat a little bit. I would bring them up a couple pounds over what the manufacturer calls for. So if it's 33, bring them up to 35. And then there might be a button to reset it, and that will set it at that tells the computer that's the right amount. And that way, if it drops down five or six pounds, it'll turn the light on. But if it just drops down a couple pounds, it'll be fine. So where is the button? Uh, it, well, you'd have to you'd have to look in the owner's manual of the car. It could be in the glove compartment. It could be on the fuse box. Oh, it could I be see. anywhere. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you don't have to take off the wheels and reach. Oh no, 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 not at all, not at all. Because they're kind of expensive. Oh yeah, if you need new ones, if for some reason you need new ones, they're anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred and fifty dollars each. I know that. What year was your car sale? Mine was a two thousand Honda Pilot. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just start, you know, start with the basics. Just make sure there's enough air in all the tires. Yeah, there is. I mean, we, I brought to a friend, you know, he owned. Yeah, check the spare too. Yeah, we checked it. Okay. Yeah, all right. that's uh, where you need to I start. I got that question a long time ago. I couldn't find your number. Oh, all right. See, I need to give out the number more often. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I wrote it down, and uh, then I don't know what the heck happened. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Jim either. We had Jim. He was a winner, and uh, I don't know what. He never called back, so I don't, I don't know. know what, what kind of book it was. It's not important. Yeah, all right. All right. Thank you. Okay, take care, Sal. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, look, it's Sully made it in today. Yeah. Turn his microphone hey. on. There we go. My mic. Jack, yeah. Jack. Yeah, it is now. Testing. It is now. See, oh. <laughs> see, Marita's busy. What's she doing? She's periscoping. What's that mean? A periscoping is a new social media app. I see. Which basically turns your phone into a TV studio. Really? So what happens is you you set that up, and anybody who has a periscope app, yeah. all of a sudden can watch everything she's doing right now. Scary technology. Well, you know, we you know because she's young and I'm not. Um, We're not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, can you imagine? I mean, what she's basically has right now yeah. is a entire TV studio exactly. in her hand yeah. that's broadcasting out to the world, mm-hmm. and it's in an iPhone. You know, yep, it's amazing. Yep, amazing. It, 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 it imagine really is. when we were Marita's age. Imagine what that same. Stuff would have cost. Yeah, I mean, if you could do, find it, if yeah, it were I, available. I mean, she's doing something right now that. Good thing I comb my hair, by the way. Yeah, I know, but yeah. she's doing something right now that it could be. You know, it would take a live truck with a satellite dish, right? That would have to. I mean, somebody at a TV station conceivably could take the other end of that feed, put it on broadcast television, mm-hmm. and it would be a live TV thing, mm-hmm. but. You well, know, in which case she's broken about 18 federal well, laws yeah, FCC by not rules getting our signed uh, yeah, express yeah, permission yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's there's that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you got going on today for the Irish Hit Parade? It's a, it's a uh, music for a rainy Saturday as we await a big football game. Well, there you go. I'll have to find yep. songs that are appropriate for that. In Marita's fact, all set, though. Fact, Look, Marita's got a Brady shirt Marita, on. Yeah, Marita, can I see your phone? Marita, can Marita, on, like, turn it toward her? Because we, turn around there you so go, we okay. can see the yeah. Brady Brady in the back. Wait, yeah. Brady in the back. Spin around. Spin around so we can see Brady in the back. There we go. Number 12. There we go. Okay, good. All right, I got one for you. Talk about old time and old school. 
yesterday at school we had a little Patriots, um, you know, thing where you yeah. wear your Patriots stuff. So all the little kids have their number 11 shirts with um, uh, Edelman's name. Julie okay. Edelman's name. Okay. But, of course, Sully goes back in the closet for his way back uh, shirt, and his number 11 is Drew Bledsoe, right? Oh, okay. So none of the kids knew who the parents, so, well, some of them did. <laughs> but the kids didn't, so that, that's way back. But she's 12 Brady, right? Yep. She's not 12 like uh, Matt Cavanaugh or anyone Anyone else from way back. Okay. She's Brady all the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think they're going to win? I don't. I. I don't know. I have I don't, kind okay. of a yeah, uh, media. Yeah, what's going on with Gronk? I don't know. Yeah. I think that might be just messing around with you the injury so? report. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not that Belichick would do that. You know, but I think he's all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I well, think. I hope the rain stops pouring out there. Well, you know they play pretty well in the rain. I know. Yeah. So. They play pretty well most of the time. I'm talking about the poor yeah. schlubs in the, yeah. in the yeah, stands. Everybody else. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't really, uh, I, don't really. I drove by the stadium this morning. They're already getting ready. So. I bet. Yep. I bet, yeah. All right. We got to go because the Irish Hit Parade's coming up next, which means the very best in Irish music. Is she going to tape me during the I, I, Irish I, I, show? Hard to yeah. say. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hard <laughs> to say. With Paul Sullivan, one of the most knowledgeable people I know. About Irish music. And you were just talking about PMS on the car show. The, uh, TPMS. Oh, TPMS. Right. There's something different. Those are my initials, yeah. <laughs> this is my initials, PMS. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I got to go. Bye. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt. Drive safely. Be good, D-Card. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.